Good morning. Yes. Parashat Shalach Lecha. What was the last thing we did in the previous parasha? My idea, the quarantine of Miriam. The quarantine of Miriam. La Shonara, La Shonara. The La Shonara, exactly. Now it's going to be La Shonara of the land. Exactly. So we go from La Shonara to La Shonara. Yes. Shalach Lecha, obviously, the first half of the parasha is the La Shonara about Eretz Yisrael. In the end, at the, the end of last week's parasha, Be'alotecha, we, the second B'nai Israel start to travel. Uh, they, they start complaining, this and that. They burn the edge of the camp, then they have Kivrota Ta'ava. And then you have Aharon and Miriam. Everybody's complaining either about not having uh, luxuries or they're complaining about Moshe Rabbeinu's behavior. Everybody's complaining to Moshe Rabbeinu. Everybody's complaining to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, now, as, we said, as we said, whenever people are anxious about certain things, they may focus their anxiety on one thing and latch onto it, but that doesn't mean that's necessarily the source of the anxiety. It, the people are probably just very scared overall of going into Eretz Israel, and whatever excuse they could think of to complain... They're latching on to that. Yes, uncertainty. Now in this week's parasha, we're finally coming to the real source of the, of the anxiety, which is their fear of going to Eretz Israel. Now why would they be scared of going to Eretz Israel? There's a beautiful midrash that says that they were afraid of going into Eretz Israel because of the fact that in Eretz Israel, you don't get to live by the word of God. You don't get to live with the man. They wanted, them, they yes. wanted to have, have to start working. this glory. Yes, they want to have this... Mind. Right, they, this glorious... Not well, no, not clouds. necessarily, because, because the Midbar didn't really represent security, it represents Emunah and God, yes. right? But what they do have to, to do in Eretz Yisrael is... Exactly, you can't just sit down and study all day and Borei Olam provides you the man. You have to sit down and work and you know, actually have the difficulties Great. of life. And I think the point of the Midrash is to point out that we may have this tendency to want to live a monastic lifestyle, which means to live a lifestyle like a monk, where we can just go and sit and pray all day. Don't worry. But that's not necessarily, it may, and it may feel better religiously to do that, but that may not be what's right for us. We, it's really, the goal is to be able to live as a Jew in the world, with all of the difficulties of a regular life. And that's what B'nai Israel may not have and been be ready for. example. Right. And that's what B'nai Israel may not have been ready for. So let's, we're gonna explore all of these things in Parshat Shalach, also, it's very important to pay attention to the details of the characters. For example, you're going to see uh, uh, the nuances that people typically miss. For example, one nuance people really miss is the difference in behavior between Kalev and Yehoshua. Yes. Because then, oh, Kalev and Yehoshua are the same. It's not exactly clear. Not at all. Also, keep an eye out for what the text does not say. Like Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu seems to be a little bit more absent from the story. Not, yes. So is that significant? Sure. It probably is significant. Very. Moshe Rabbeinu may be taking a less active role because he's been jaded and damaged by all the complaints he's been getting. It's very possible. Okay, so we're going to pay attention to all these details. Perak Yud Gimon, 13th chapter of the book of Bimidbar, Pasuk Aleph. And God spoke to Moshe saying, Shalach Lecha Anashim. Send for you people ve'aturu et eretz kena'an asher ani noten li bnei Yisrael ish echad ish echad lematei avot atishlahu kol nasi bahem. Send out men that they may. That they may. Who's that? Oh. Good morning. Yes, Javier over here. Javier, you have to go. You have to go around. Go through the front door. You should go through the front Don't door. Don't go from here. I think it's close. I'll go yeah. all the way around. Go all the way around. 
The other door. The other side. The other side. The other side. All right. All right. <laughs> send people. Send people. This is very dangerous. Send people, and they will spy out the land that I have given to the Bnei Israel. Uh, one man per tribe. Every man, every tribe should send their uh, uh, ambassador. their ambassador to spy out the land. All of the princes among them. Now, are these the same princes we've seen no. before? No. No. These are different. So, what's the? Why were these these people chosen? No, no, these are not the same people. It's not the same men we've seen as no. in the Nesi'im that brought gifts to the no. Mizbeach. Totally it's not that. Different, different group of people altogether. Yeah. They're men of importance for sure. sure. Called Nasi Bahem. These are important yes. people in every tribe. Yes. No but why were these people chosen and not the people who brought the gifts to the Mizbeach? I don't know. It's an interesting detail. Pasuk 3. And Moshe sends them from the desert of Paran. By the word of God, obviously to go to Eretz Israel, Kulam Anashim. What does it mean, Kulam Anashim? What does it mean when they're all men? What does it mean, Kulam Anashim? So if, if you look at Rashi, he explains what it means when the Torah says Kulam Anashim, it means they were men of esteem, men of high regard. Yeah, I'm trying to. Let me see. I'm trying to understand. Yeah. Rashi, Kulam Anashim, Kol Anashim Shebimikra, the Shon Chashivut. It means it's important. Meaning they're important people. Sure. They cannot, he cannot go and send just... And, a, 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 and Rashi is saying, and in that time, they were still good men. They were still kosher men. Meaning they were saying there was nothing negative. They, were, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't crooked people. They weren't crooked people. They were crooked people. They were all righteous people. They didn't... Uh, I think the difference between the Nisim also is like, the situation in the Nisim is like, you, you know, you send, you send the, uh, the, C, you know, the, the CEO, the, the head of the company over here, you're going to explore a... Maybe he was specifically saying over there. Maybe it was somebody that he said from each Shevet sent somebody that actually is kosher, doesn't have any type of a negative, you know, yeah. character trait. Maybe he handpicked somebody that was... That was good. That was good. It could be. And what would that tell you? If they picked good people who had no flaws going in and they still sinned, you could probably assume that the fear of going to Eretz Israel was... A, was Pretty endemic to the entire people, meaning it was something that everybody yeah, was, was experiencing. It was not just these people. It was, it was not everybody. just these people. You, you you get the leaders you deserve, you know, and but and we'll see. By the way, we will see that when they come and say the first line of bad news about the land to Bnei Israel, everybody, everybody starts to cry. Meaning people were waiting, waiting for the, for bad, the bad, news. bad news, which means Bnei Israel are just as scared as these spies. I don't understand. They left Egypt. They didn't know where they were going. They were going in the wilderness. You know, the whole, from the beginning, they were in the nowhere. You know, they didn't know what were they going forward to. Yeah. And now, suddenly, they get this, just because they're very close to entering Israel. I'm saying, Eretz Israel was not a, it was not a developed land. It was, I mean, you had just different, 
There were a few yeah, cities different, of, yeah, uh, different no, there nation few states. Cities, uh, there are a few cities which were different cities tribes. That were, you're saying it was like a developed. I mean, versus Mitzrayim. Like I mean, the one where we see we see their their uh, their report is going to be, there are people in the land in the south, there are people in the land in the north, and this and that, and there are giants there. So there were people living there, and that that's going to be one of the main fears. But Giacomo's point is, it's so difficult to imagine that the people who were living by the hand of God and saw such miracles. Are getting scared as they get go into the land of Israel. This is like this is border. You're at the border. This is right here at the border. They are ready to enter. We do but there. but what is it? You know that that's why the midrash that I just mentioned before is so brilliant. They were afraid of living a more mundane existence because what what, what was the fear? Right. The fear was until now Borei Olam was fighting our wars, but what if when you go into Israel, who's going to fight the wars? They have to we have to fight the wars with the help of Hashem. It's not the same thing. It's not like God's going to just bring a tsunami and kill all the people yes, in Canaan. Yes, yeah, that's point. So that's very scary. It's saying, it's, it's, you're expecting B'nai Israel to grow. You know, they're, they're in baby phase when they're, they're leaving Egypt. And now they're grown up. They're 15, 16 years old, Yani, meaning that they've developed more when they want to go into Eretz Israel. And in their minds are still the minds of a baby. So their bodies have matured and it's time like for us. them to start. Like us. Right. I'm 57, I still have the mind of a baby. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Okay. Now these are the names of these people. Kalev comes from the tribe of Yehuda. And Yoshua comes from Ephraim. Now why is it significant that the two successful ones come from Ephraim and from Yehuda? Yehuda is the main. Uh, Yehuda is the main, main one, and so is Ephraim. Ephraim, yes. This Ephraim and Yehuda. So this is a con- continuation of of one of the themes we saw even way back in Bereshit, where Yehuda and Yosef were always competing for for the leadership position. So Yoshua, for example, takes on the reign of leadership when we enter into the land of Israel. Eventually, he converts to Yehuda as the main leader. But between Yehuda and Yosef, there was always a... that's, the, that's going to be the competition for leadership. Now here, it's a good thing. Meaning, yeah, they meaning were here, very here, here they succeeded, and they both prove that they're both quality leaders. And I think the conclusion of the Torah is not to, to decide that either Yehuda or Yosef is better, but it's to say that both Yehuda and Yosef are viable options for leadership in Bnei Israel. That's why in the Kabbalah we also have the concept of Mashiach ben David and Mashiach ben Yosef. Because you have both of these, you have this dynamic. Okay? Okay, so those are the names of all of the people. If anybody wants to yes. dig more into them, yes, Sefer Yoshua and Shofetim, you hear of Kalev yes, again. Yes, yes, yes. Kalev, the story with him in the book of Yoshua and in Shofetim, uh, the, the same story appears twice, is that he, he goes and he says, um, he comes to Yoshua and he says, By the way, I was one of the people that was promised 40 years ago to come and inherit the land. And uh, it's time that my, my land is given to me. And then he is given the land of Hebron. Huh? So. And Kalev is given the land of Hebron. And then and Yoshua tells a story of how he conquered Hebron by himself. And then also his son-in-law, Kalev's son-in-law, was the next leader of Benesial after Yoshua, whose name was Otniel ben Kenaz. 
And Othniel ben Kenaz married Kalev's daughter by helping Kalev in one of their battles in the city called Kiryat Sefer, yes, which is another city that they had to conquer near Hebron. So we do see, we, we, full, we see the full arc of Kalev's lifestyle, we, life, life story. He's doing, in the same time we are doing Torah and the... Yeah, we're, studying, we're studying those Nevi'im yeah, right yes. now. That's why it's, fre- it's fresh in our minds. Okay. Ele Shemot HaAnashim these are the names of the people that Moshe sent to spy out the land. And Moshe called to Hoshea bin Nun, he called them Yehoshua. Now the question is, when did, when did he call him? When did he call him uh, Yehoshua? Was it now in order to... You know, the Midrash yes. says... They said that right now he added uh, 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 the, the, the youth for, uh, to give him... To give him strength. Yes. Right? I think Rashi said that. Can I say yes. Rashi? Yes, please. Yes. He prayed for him. He said, May Hashem help you. He added a Yud to his, his name. So when you add a Yud to a name that already has a He in it, you, you you're basically saying Yah, which is Hashem. Right? So Hoshea becomes Yehoshua, which means God shall save. Right. And God shall save. And then Moshe was saying, may God save you from the advice of the so Miragalim. So he knew. Moshe already knew that this was going to be a problem. That, according to the Midrash. Wow. I, don't know, I don't know if that's the Peshat. Why did he let them go? But, but he probably had something in the back of his mind saying, I have a bad feeling about this. It's now, kind of similar to when now, Yosef was setting up the brothers. He was telling them on the way when you're traveling. Yeah. Oh, you, you see a parallel. Uh-huh. Meaning, yes. the, 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 there, there is a parallel. The, the yes. idea is, when you know something in the back of your head, it's, not it, it's bugging good. you, it's not feeling good. But, you, but some, we do that in our lives also. Yes. You know, sometimes yes. we go forward with we things. We don't want to do it, but we are doing we it. Don't know what, we, we know there's something wrong with what we're doing, but we go <laughs> but, forward anyways. Yes. So it seems like Moshe Rabbeinu feels and like then after we said, But by oh the way, that's, God, not, that's, not, that's not what I'm trying to say, by the way. Yoshua, if you look at the story at the end of Bishalach, whenever Yoshua conquers Amalek, I think his name... Is Yoshua. So one of the Pashtanim actually says that his name had already been. The Pasuk isn't saying oh, that he changed his name he now. Was, he was already before. The Pasuk is saying that already back in the day when he became Moshe's general, Moshe had already added that you to his name to instill him with the okay. success of Bore Olam, okay, you know? Okay. But here is the. Third Moshe, person, is the third person that he's t- t- talking about Yoshua. Pasuk 9. So Yoshua there already in the time, back in the time when they fought so, Amalek. So, so but, but then again, the Torah puts it here. The Torah puts it here and not there, which means that it's more important for us to know that his name switched here than it was, than there. It was there. And I think, I think one of the messages is that, and we're going to see, we'll, we'll, we'll stop there for today, but one of the messages we're going to see is that while Kalev was internally very, very, um, had, had a lot of passion for truth, and he wasn't going to let the other Meraglim affect him, Yoshua's success was more because he was influenced by Moshe, meaning it wasn't as internal. Yeah. Kalev, Kalev is a little bit more of a stronger, it seems like, at yes. least from this story, a little yes, bit of a stronger right. personality. Also the way he, he, Yoshua he, more relies on his relationship with Moshe, and that's what gets him through. Because it's a very tough thing, whenever there's peer pressure and everybody's saying the same thing, to overcome it, one of the hardest things you could do, you know? The, the whole, everybody's... Also Yoshua standing by Moshe and seeing everything firsthand, you kind of naturally... 
he's probably a more reserved, a little more stronger with his emunah. Right, and, but, but the point is the emunah wasn't... Kalev's emunah came from somewhere inside. It's yes. a miracle that he had it. Yoshua's emunah came because he was trained. He was trained. So whenever day it tells day, us, he was with Moshe, he learned everything. When it tells us that Moshe added a, name, a letter to his name, it's also another way of the text saying, and Yoshua had this extra benefit From of Moshe. going into this story being the disciple of Moshe, yeah. which nobody else has. Which is why when we look at the story, the person we are going to be most impressed by is, is Kalev, yes, because Kalev. he didn't yes. get that treatment yes. and he also came out good. Yes. Yes. Okay? Yeah, so that's what we're going to discuss more tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Lelah. Amen. 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 Am